The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. To total career success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. The mission of this radio show is to enable every listener to achieve their career aspirations and advance their careers to achieve their potential and meet their financial goals. Now, here are your hosts, Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Welcome. This is Cheryl Dawson with Ken Dawson, and today we have a special guest with us, Aubrey Daniels. He's expert on behavioral and performance uh, studies and is the best-selling author of Whoops. 13 Management Practices That Waste Time and Money. So we'll be talking about some of those 13 today. Uh, it's really a double header. We're going to be speaking with uh, Audrey Daniels about the management practices that waste time and money. And then later in the show, we'll address some of the most common mistakes that job seekers make. Conventional wisdom is sometimes not wise at all, and often what we think intuitively correct is actually the worst thing we can do. We'll explore uh, both management and job search practices from a behavioral perspective. After all, what we actually do is the only way that outcomes are accomplished. Well, let me begin by giving you a little bit of background about Audrey Daniels. Dr. Daniels has devoted more than 30 years to consulting with organizations of all types and sizes and is the world's foremost authority on applying the scientifically proven laws of human behavior at work. He is author of four best-selling books, widely recognizes the international management classics, including Bringing Out the Best in People. His new book, Whoops, 13 Management Practices That Waste Time and Money and What to Do Instead, distills some of the most common workplace practices that are counterproductive to success. Welcome, Aubrey. Thank you very much. We're delighted to have you here, and it, it seems obvious that behavior is the essential determinant of uh, outcomes, why is so little attention given to how to elicit desired behaviors in organizations? Well, I think it's because uh, most managers have not been trained in behavioral uh, approaches or behavioral psychology. Uh, business schools typically teach cognitive psychology, which is a study of the mind, and uh, behavioral psychology is obviously study behavior, and most managers are not familiar with the science. What uh, is the difference between performance research and behavioral research? Because I know that there's a lot of emphasis on the performance side in organizations. And how does that difference result in ineffective management practices? Well, behavior is a, is a part of performance. And um, performance research typically looks at outcomes. And whereas we say in order to get the right outcome, you need to first make sure you've got the right behavior. Um, you know, I think any time you look at results without understanding the behavior goes into them, you put the organization uh, at risk uh, uh, long term because you can lie, cheat, and steal and get the right results. Mm -hmm. Aubrey, many years ago I was teaching MBO. You remember MBO? Certainly do. Uh, many people 
say, well, what is the sound for? Well, you know, management by objectives. And I once had a young man in the back of the room who said, well, that's not what it stands for to me, buddy. It stands for massive bowel obstruction. <laughs> and Aubrey, well, what I would he said that, was, my boss brings in six inches of work, a pile of paper, and it's on top of everything I already haven't done, and he calls it MBO, and it's just driving me crazy. Yeah. My question is, um, it seems to me that in talking to many executives like yourself, uh, companies are more and more getting away from such things as performance goals, performance appraisal, career development, succession planning, manpower planning. Would you share with our listeners what you consider to be the current state of the art? Well, I think, uh, you know, there is a, a, a tendency to downsize everything. You know, not only, you know, the workforce uh, and um, streamline, you know, the production facilities and things like that, but, you know, everything we do, we're trying to, you know, cut to the quick, so to speak. So, uh, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a, a fan of a lot of paperwork, uh, but I am, uh, in terms of what I know about human behavior, uh, it certainly does help to have goals. It certainly does help to uh, track performance. Uh, it certainly does... Um, uh, help in terms of delivering positive reinforcement effectively and, and in order to create the best organization, that's what you're going to have to do. But do you think that that's um, becoming more and more the norm or less the norm? Uh, the feedback I get is that companies just kind of have employees come in and do their thing and, and they don't really uh, adhere to goals and time frames and potential appraisal and manpower planning, succession planning for growth. Yeah, I think that that is becoming the norm, and I think uh, even in large organizations, you know, where they still have a requirement to do these things, uh, when you begin to look at it closely at what people actually do, uh, they don't do those things and don't do well. And you know, if you don't if you don't have a plan, uh, then uh, you don't know what to reinforce. Exactly. So uh, you know, I think uh, there's a point at which. Some of these things have to be done in order to create the best organization. Right. So, uh, Audrey, why do you say that um, the subject of, of behavior is so critical to uh, effective leadership? Well, you know, my brother and I wrote a book called Measure of a Leader, and the measure of a leader, as we uh, studied it, uh, turns out to be the behavior of the follower. Uh, in other words, it's the follower's behavior that determines the effectiveness of the leader. Uh, a leader really has no power without followers. And uh, so if you don't know how to change behavior, then you can't be an efficient, uh, efficient or effective leader uh, because uh, the critical part is what, what do followers do to implement the leader's uh, mission, vision, and so on. That's interesting because there is so much emphasis these days placed on change. I mean, it seems like right. every time you turn around, something is changing. Exactly. Well, you know, change is really about changing behavior. The only way you can change organizational outcomes is change somebody's behavior. Mm. And if you don't know how to efficiently do that, uh, then you're not going to be efficient in your outcome. Well, Aubrey, we're seeing a whole lot of change in behavior in these town hall meetings, aren't we? Oh, man. Well, it's kind of interesting uh, because I think what's happening is, you know, the interpretation of the behavior is where people are getting in trouble. They don't realize that people are unhappy. Exactly. So what they're unhappy about in order to make changes that people are going to be happy with. And see, it just shows how complex behavior is relative to look at right. the reactions and the interpretations and all the rest of it. It's just a... Well, you know, behavior is, uh, is complex, 
uh, you know, it has many, many expressions, but the, but the laws of behavior are fairly uh, simple and direct. We know we get more of what we reinforce. We know we get less of what we punish. And so anytime we institute a practice that punishes what we want, we know we're not going to get what we want. Well, I uh, remember so, being a psychology major and listening to B.F. Skinner. I mean, it, it was all right. about that, wasn't it? Yep, that's right. You know, Skinner was one of the first the to, to focus people on the science of behavior. Exactly. And um, most of psychology was not a science of behavior at all. And uh, he was, uh, you know, misunderstood uh, in many respects. But basically what he said is, look, we don't need a theory of behavior because we don't have enough data to have a theory. We need to begin to get data about what people do. Exactly. And it's only we know what people do that we're going to be able to determine, you know, how to most effectively create an environment or a world in which people live uh, most happily and productively. Exactly. Audrey, share why organizations that know how to establish effective rules are in a more competitive position those, than those who do not. Well, uh, by by rule, effective rules, what we're talking about is uh, knowing how to get positive reinforcement in that particular uh, space, knowing what behaviors are valued, what behaviors are not valued, and to know how you're doing. Uh, when you, when I hear so many organizations talk about engagement, empowerment, buy-in, um, um, the whole thing about uh, uh, ownership and these sorts of things, and they want to do that without the hard work of understanding what are the behaviors that they're trying to change. And once they know the behaviors they're trying to change, then we track them and we reinforce them and we get them. Aubrey, if you don't mind, uh, we have uh, many, many listeners who are currently unemployed, they're very interested in doing all they can to get back into the yes. uh, job market. Share with them uh, some fundamentals and basics, if you would, in terms of the proper behavior to have going into a company, going into an interview. Just uh, some uh, highlights for our listeners, please. Well, I think, you know, one of the things and uh, in your book I, I picked up on that, too, is that the whole thing about accomplishing anything is persistence. And one of the things I think most people fail to do in planning is uh, uh, to plan for positive reinforcement for themselves. In other words, how am I going to keep myself upbeat and excited uh, after rejection after rejection? And so you need to think about your own reinforcers and, and, and set uh, uh, targets that you can, in fact, accomplish uh, so that uh, you know at the end of the day uh, that you've made progress toward what you want to uh, be about because it might take a long time. And I think uh, uh, people get very discouraged very early in the face of uh, the rejection that is bound to happen in most job situations. Exactly. And, and Aubrey, this is, and you've really looked at the book and read the book, but one of the things that I do in particular is focus on behavior modification in my interviewing training. In other words, a skilled yeah. interviewer, a skilled interviewee can truly modify the behavior of the interviewer simply by the intelligence, the preparation, and the hard work they put into the interview. Exactly actually, right. And actually shape the kinds of questions that the interviewee is going to get. No question about it. You see, the only thing that's required in order to change behavior is to have a behavior. And so uh, the sooner that the interviewee can get the interviewer to talking, you have an opportunity to modify the behaviors, as you indicated. Exactly. 
And the exciting thing about this, and we could talk about this for days, weeks, and months, is you can literally have the interviewer sitting there saying, wow, this person is so impressive. I'm going to have to increase the position. And if I increase the position, I'm going to have to increase the compensation that goes with it. All of this is going on in his head, and a skilled interviewee who we train can actually watch the interview go through that and prepare in advance his following questions. There's no question about it because, you know, you get more of what you reinforce. Exactly. And so in the interview, you have to be careful what you reinforce. Exactly. Uh, if you reinforce uh, argumentative kind of uh, behavior on the part of the interviewer, that's what you're going to get more of. And that's where you need to understand reinforcement is more than just a smile and a wave and a pat on the back. But when you really begin to understand the science, then it helps you know how to change any environment you find yourself in. Precisely. Well, the bottom line in behavior is that what is reinforced gets done. So it's very important to understand what behaviors are being reinforced and whether that reinforcement is positive or negative. That seems pretty simple. Uh, We'll learn more in the next segments of how many management practitioners are failing to get desired results. So stay tuned. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Earn a better job for better pay and achieve a better life with Job Search, the total system, now in its third edition and through a host of valuable online resources at www.tcsworldwide.com. Thousands have successfully used these proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. One total system user shared, This is without reservation the best advice on job search available. I used it over my career and each time got a better position for substantially increased pay. Go to www.tcsworldwide.com and advance your career today. While you're on the site, please check out TCS University, which will bring you advanced resources like sample resumes, career assessment, total career success tracks, links to coaching services, and much more. Read Get Off the Treadmill, the total career success blog from Ken and Cheryl Dawson. And check out our online store for products relating to the book and total career success. Visit the website today at www.tcsworldwide.com. Total career success, better job, better pay, better life. Oh, hi, Jessica. Hi, Mrs. Johnson. Is Megan there? Sure. Follow me. The kids are in the kitchen making sandwiches. (laughs) Hey, Julie. Hi, Megan. Hey, Megan. Yeah? You're a total freak. God, you're ugly. And dumb. Oh, and your makeup makes you look like a tramp. Tommy Morris told me you guys made out. Everybody knows. The whole school knows. He said your breath smelled like garbage, and he almost puked. He says you're the most desperate girl he knows. And that dress is totally hideous. You look like a big, fat clown. Disgusting. Oh, and by the way, nice zit. If you wouldn't say it in person, why say it online? Delete cyberbullying. Don't write it. Don't forward it. For more information, visit ncpc.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Justice, Crime Prevention Coalition of America, National Crime Prevention Council, and the Ad Council. 
Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa, where America learns to invest. Best. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time, the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please call toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. This is Ken and Cheryl Dawson. We're talking with Aubrey Daniels, and he's an expert in behavioral science and also author of Whoops, 13 Management Practices That Waste Time and Money. And so we'd like to get into some of those practices today. We're not going to be able to cover all of them, Aubrey, uh, but let's uh, address a few. Um, you, you decry stretch goals. Uh, yes. Why is that, and what is the better approach? Well, you know, I knew when I wrote, wrote the book that I was going to get more pushback from stretch goals than uh, any other of the 13, and certainly that's been the case. Uh, there's just a lot of belief that, uh, you know, setting stretch goals is the best way to accomplish something. But in reality, what the science tells us is if you have many small goals, you actually are able to increase uh, motivation that way. Whereas stretch goals, if you, if you have few uh, long, uh, hard goals, then there's, there's less opportunity for positive reinforcement. If you think about uh, positive reinforcement is a behavior accelerant. In other words, it accelerates behavior, so the more goals you have that people reach and are positively reinforced for reaching, uh, then the more excited they are about the next one. Uh, so, so what happens is that um, every now and again, somebody will set a stretch goal and people will accomplish it, and they get uh, inadvertently positively reinforced for thinking that that's the best way to do it. But all the research shows that uh, small, uh, achievable goals and, of course, the, 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 the trick is to make sure that people actually achieve them. You set them so that they can achieve them, and when they achieve them, then you find some way to deliver effective reinforcement, that that's the fastest way to uh, create change, and it seems like the slowest. Harvey, one of the things that we talk about an awful lot in the book is the importance of, uh, obviously, all the key parts of success, uh, working hard, dedication, uh, right. positive attitude, and all the rest. But the other thing that's so critical to many employees who go into companies is to document their performance, to actually identify the goals they have, to discuss those goals with the boss, and document their performance so they have a record of accomplishment when it comes to be review time and potential time or uh, people moving up the ladder. Uh, could you share your thoughts on that relative to how our listeners can do that so they can not only succeed in organizations but even work toward promotions? Well, that's, uh, that's excellent advice. Um, 
I, for a number of years, I was uh, an adjunct professor down at Florida State University, and uh, uh, where we were teaching students this, this science. And one of the things I would tell them is, you need a portfolio like an artist would have. Exactly. You know, so that uh, even even your schooling here, when you do projects and things, you need to be able to show somebody rather than just talk to them about what you're doing. Be able to show them. Here's what the problem was. Uh, here was the baseline. Here's what we did, and here's what happened. And uh, even even if your boss doesn't track your performance, I think you have mm-hmm. uh, your point is is well taken that you need to track it. So when issues do come up, you can say, "Well, look here. Let me show you. Here here's here's the data." Here was the problem. Here's what I did. Here's what I accomplished. And um, many times when you do that, the boss then begins to change his or her behavior. Exactly. That's exactly like right. That. And, that's, and that's that behavior modification we talked about earlier. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Aubrey, isn't that also uh, essentially um, self-positively uh, reinforcing? Well, that, that's the deal. It is, it is for most people. It's positively reinforcing to see improvement. I feel like I've made improvement. And and my take is that you miss a lot of opportunities for improvement if you don't measure. Oh, and I think that's very If you set out in the morning, if you're going on, like, if you're looking for a job, if you set out goals in the morning that you're likely to do, mm-hmm. no matter how um, small or trivial they may seem at first, the more success you have at setting goals for yourself, the more you want to set and the more successful you ultimately become. Yeah, it really is a good feeling then when you can absolutely check, check off you've done these five things. Absolutely, it is. Exactly. And the key point, Aubrey, is when they, they the person, our listeners, uh, actually are ready to move on to an interview, they take all that documentation with them. We call absolutely. it the toolkit. Yes. yes. The performance yes. appraisal and potential appraisal, discussions they've had, the, the assessment process, which identifies the skills, abilities, and talents, and those are all the key selling points that they share with the interviewer. Absolutely. But, huh. you, you know, you can be concrete this way. Yeah. Absolutely. Because no, anybody can snow you. <laughs> you know, I mean, they've learned how to be very facile with words, and, and uh, they say things that sound real good, but they don't know how to actually make that actionable. Yeah, and if you show them where you've done that, yeah, you know that, that sets you apart from other people that are vying for the same position. How, how do leaders inadvertently negatively reinforce employee efforts? Well, you know uh, what I've found over the years is that almost every supervisor or manager thinks he or she is a positive uh, manager or, or supervisor, and the reason is because they're trying to do. They think they're trying to do things for the best of reasons. But the problem is that in an environment where you don't have positive reinforcement, it's negative reinforcement by default. In other words, you don't uh, you can set expectations for performance, and uh, if they're met, then um, you as a boss are happy. But uh, the uh, performance is actually being negatively reinforced because you know finishing the job is its own reward. And I can tell you that um, if, if, if people are not told overtly and clearly that they're appreciated, they will assume the opposite. And That's so when you hear a manager say, well, they know I like what they do, they know I appreciate what they do, no, they don't. So giving that, that verbal um, and oral uh, support and, and uh, reinforcement of having accomplished whatever it might be for the day or the week right. is still important. Extremely important. 
extreme. That, that's what makes you leave work with a lift rather than your head down. You know what I loved about Marine Corps boot camp, Barbara? I just love that positive reinforcement I got from my drill instructors. <laughs> but, 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 you know, I, I, I do a little uh, thing about that, that the Marine Corps, the reason the Marine Corps is able to get away with that is because the first job of the drill sergeant is to, to eliminate all positive reinforcement. That's true. And then what they do is they, they give it back to you in little bits. In other words, you, you, you can smoke a cigarette if you have one, you know. Uh, you can uh, you get a break or you can get a weekend pass or you do all these kind of things. But the way they get away with it, they can use a little of it to get, go a long way because they have the ability to, to eliminate most sources of reinforcement that people uh, are involved in every day outside the Marine Corps. Well, see, that's fascinating. I mean, that 12-week period of my life was one of the most, if not the most, uh, extraordinarily educational and influential. Yes. I mean, exactly what you're saying. I mean, I remember being lined up with 72 guys and didn't matter whether you're rich or poor, black or white, from Newark, New Jersey, or Sacramento, California. I mean... As you say, those uh, behaviors were literally beaten out of you in the first couple of weeks, and uh, only when you get down to the level of the ocean where the uh, whale dung is are you then begun to build up. And that's that, exactly and what happens. It's the most unbelievable process I've ever seen in the world. Well, what I tell our students is that uh, the uh, if you think about I've asked this question literally around the world, once a Marine, and ask, ask people to finish it. And they know the answer. Once always a Marine, a Marine. Always a Marine. Absolutely. Wait a minute. How, how could they do that? How could they create a change in behavior that lasts a lifetime when, you're not, when you never even think about the drill sergeant as being a source of positive reinforcement? Aubrey, I spent the last three months traveling the West. I always wear my Marine Corps hat. And every time I wear my Marine Corps hat, I always walk into a... Uh, environments, mostly a restaurant, and oftentimes there are many veterans there, and I volunteer my time. But with Marines, I can literally sit down with a Marine I've never met in my life, and he and I can talk for days and weeks. Right. <laughs> I mean, literally. It's, it's, it's the only organization I've ever seen in the world that is able to do that. Well, there's a, um, there's a part of the science, uh, there's a, a formula uh, uh, called uh, Herrenstein's hyperbola, which explains that. You know, in other words, depending on the level of reinforcement that's available, um, it doesn't take much to get you know a full response. Exactly. And uh, that's what the Marine Corps has been able to do. They're beginning to lose some of that, you know, with uh, with the the regulations and so on, and the involvement of, exactly. of the government, you know, in how they run the Marine Corps. Exactly. Uh, but uh, it used to be that, uh, you know, the only thing you got reinforced for was valuable behavior. Exactly. And they stripped everything else away. And there was no, there was no chance you were going to get reinforced for something that really didn't contribute to the mission. Absolutely. Well, we just have a couple of minutes here, so I wanted to cover a couple of other okay. uh, topics. One is uh, creativity and innovation are obviously very essential for remaining competitive. Yes. So how do you uh, motivate people to work smarter? Well, I think it's, it, the, the, the genesis is in a, a, a culture of positive reinforcement. In other words, if, if small changes are positively reinforced, uh, you know, I always tell people, I say, if you reinforce small improvements, you'll never run out of something to reinforce. 
because creativity is really born out of attempt, uh, attempts to make a difference or make an improvement. And so if you, if, you, if you have a culture where you try something different and you get punished for it, then you try less uh, things to make it better. So I, I always think about 3M. We did a lot of work with them years ago. And 3M at that time had a great way of, create, of, of generating creativity because they would support you in most anything you wanted to try. Right. And, and if you failed, they, they didn't see that as a punisher. They, okay. they said, what did we learn from that that we might be able to try something else? Make all the mistakes you can is what I remember. Right, exactly. The more mistakes you make, the higher the probability that we're going to be able to uh, find something new. But in many uh, organizational cultures today, you cannot make a mistake because they're so focused on what they need to do and when they need to do it and so on that, that a mistake is really off track and we can't afford that. And so they inadvertently many times punish you for trying new things. And stifle the creativity in the process. We right. have just uh, exactly. a few seconds exactly. left here, Aubrey. Share with our listeners where they can get a hold of your excellent books and, of course, your blog. Well, you can uh, buy the book at Amazon or you can uh, uh, come to our website, uh, aubreydaniels.com. And I also have a blog, aubreydanielsblog.com. And you can learn more about some of these things from that. Well, I hope everyone will do that. Aubrey, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. Aubrey, take care, buddy. Let's get together soon. Bye, Ken. Bye. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Earn a better job for better pay and achieve a better life with Job Search, the total system, now in its third edition and through a host of valuable online resources at www.tcsworldwide.com. Thousands have successfully used these proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. One total system user shared, This is without reservation the best advice on job search available. I used it over my career and each time got a better position for substantially increased pay. Go to www.tcsworldwide.com and advance your career today. While you're on the site, please check out TCS University, which will bring you advanced resources like sample resumes, career assessment, total career success tracks, links to coaching services, and much more. Read Get Off the Treadmill, the total career success blog from Ken and Cheryl Dawson, and check out our online store for products relating to the book and total career success. Visit the website today at www.tcsworldwide.com. Total career success success better job better pay better life an ordinary sunny day an ordinary family's living room filled with an ordinary bunch of kids and they were doing nothing they were couch slouching they were rug imitating and lazy minute after lazy minute was passing them by when suddenly huh Hey guys, that's a personal foul. Inactive activity on a sunny day. Coming to the rescue was NFL running back Reggie Bush. Players don't get lazy penalties. Let's play. Those kids, they listened to Reggie. They got up and play they did. There was fun and running. There were smiles and jumping. And laziness was crushed. 
Hey, kids, don't get a lazy penalty. Kids, listen to Reggie and avoid lazy penalties. Be a player. Get up and play for an hour a day. Go online to check out smallstep.gov for fun playtime ideas. So you can be a player, too. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Be a player. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please call toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Ken and Cheryl Dawson here with you. Boy, that was a fascinating segment, a couple of segments, uh, Ken, with Aubrey Daniels. Um, There are so many behaviors also in job search that are equally self-defeating, as we learn from Aubrey. And as we point out in the total system, one of the biggest mistakes that people make is approaching their job search in a haphazard manner. Uh, Ken, why don't you share with our listeners why it's so important to integrate the steps of job search? Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, let me go back to a couple comments that we made uh, to Aubrey relative to behaviors. And let's talk about behavior and job search. The interviewer is basically looking at how prepared you are, how much homework you've done, the quality of your resume, the quality of your presentation, the quality of everything you do. And as you go into the interview, it is absolutely essential that you are scoring points across the board. And just think of the A-plus interview being a 10, on a score of 1 to 10. 1 is poor... 10 is outstanding, and a 10 gets you not just a job, but better pay, better job, better life. And that's exactly what we talk about. So behavior is critical, and linkage is critical. In Job Search, the total system, we talk about 10 chapters and linking every chapter together. And as it relates to the interviewer, behavior modification, when you are trained in our system and learn it backwards, forwards, upside down, you literally are modifying the behavior of the interviewer. When I sit into an interviewing session, I train my people to modify the behavior of the interviewer. So the interviewer, as I said during the last segment, is sitting there saying, wow, I'm going to have to give him more money, more position, more everything. And you can see it in his or her eyes. It's a fascinating process, Cheryl. Now, for them, that positive reinforcement is the idea that's going to come to their bottom line, isn't it? Absolutely. It impacts the bottom line. And once again, in resumes, we talk about identifying accomplishments. We talk about how much you make and save a company. There's only two reasons that any company hires anybody, and that's to bring them in and make and save the money. So 
when you're interviewing, always talk about the bottom line and how much you are going to make and save. As an example, what you can do is go back to your last position, look at your accomplishments, identify the numbers on your accomplishments, add them up, and be able to say to the interviewer, Mr. Johnson, I was able to make and save my last company a million dollars a year, and that's exactly what I know I can do for you. Well, that's why the resume is so critical because that essentially validates your accomplishments and uh, communicates them in a very powerful and effective way. We recommend a, a two-page resume, and Job Search of Total System goes into great more detail about how to write the accomplishments so that they do, in fact, not only communicate what you did, but what you brought to the bottom line, changes that you made, improvements that you might have made, um, money saved, money gained, and so forth. And, Ken, a lot of people have struggled with that, especially if they're in a uh, service industry or they're in a support function. What are some ways that those people can bring out results? All right. To our listeners, everyone listening, think about this. Any possession you've ever had in your entire life can be measured. Now, a lot of people say, well, I, I have a staff job. I can't measure a staff job. Well, you can. Whether it's a staff job, line job, or any kind of job, all you have to do is identify what you do and put a dollar number on it. Every position you've ever had and every behavior, getting back to behaviors, you've ever done in a job has measurable output. And all you have to do is put a measurable output on what you've actually done and walk into the interviewer with that. Now, is it going to be 110%? Can you prove it across the board? No. But it is your best guess at what it is. And just the effort you put into attempting to measure that is critical in the eyes of the interviewer. That's very true, and uh, another way that you can validate those accomplishments is through your references. Now, that's another key link that many people overlook. Maybe they just want to have a list of who their references are for the reference check, but they don't go the extra step, as we recommend in the total system, to actually draft references that validate those accomplishments in their resumes. Ken, can you give a couple of examples where references really made the difference uh, for some of our clients in getting sure. the offer? Sure, sure. I'll be happy to. One in particular, and, and ladies and gentlemen, please listen to this because it's absolutely a true story. This is a personal friend of ours whose name shall remain uh, nameless, uh, but a gentleman who I sat with on a uh, Friday afternoon. He called me at 1 o'clock on Friday, and he said, Ken, I have this president position, and the chairman is inviting me in this afternoon. And believe it or not, he wanted references. And you've been telling me and hammering me for weeks about putting together references, and I don't have any. Can I come in and, and crank them up in short order? So he came in, and he and I spent two hours, from one to three, and his interview was at four. And he walked in with a solid set of verbal references. He didn't have them written, but he had them verbally, and it made all the difference in the world. References are absolutely critical to an interviewer or a decision maker because they verify and justify what it is you have put on your resume. Absolutely, and we've seen uh, individuals at all levels, uh, from entry-level uh, positions um, in, in job searches that we helped them with, 
to professionals as well as uh, to the executive uh, example Ken is referring to. So regardless of what your background is, what your role has been, references are very important. And taking the extra time to seek those out actually help to draft them for your references, which saves them time and also enables you to put in those validation points that Ken is referring to, because they may not think about that. They may want to just say some nice things about you and talk about some wonderful qualities that that they've observed, which are good things. You want those um, personality factors in there as well, uh, as well as the character traits. But that that third uh, element of validating the the accomplishment statement is so often overlooked in references. Now, in today's tight uh, job market, a lot of people make the mistake of giving up too soon. And we see that all the time. People say, well, there just isn't a job out there. I guess i got to go back to school. Or I guess i got to give up for a few months. What do you say to that, Ken? Well, Dumbo, what I say to that is buy the book, follow system to the letter, and you will have better job, better pay, better life. And the reason I can say that with total confidence is because you will have no competition. Carol and I have spent 30 years writing the book, designing it, custom designing it, rewriting it, improving it every single time, and we're now in the third edition. Cheryl and her staff have done a marvelous job at putting it all together. But the key point I want to make is that Job Search the Total System is the premier system for getting you back in the marketplace. Do not listen to the negative news on the paper or you can't have a job. Stay away from all of that. Stick to the system. Follow it to the letter. And you will have better job, better pay, better life because you'll be head and shoulders over all of your competition. So really, you do have competitions. It's just that you're able to beat them out. And by maintaining your focus, like Aubrey was making uh, in uh, the points in the earlier sessions, that you positively reinforce yourself by doing the right things, by setting goals that you can that you know you can achieve from hour to hour, from day to day, throughout your job search, even if it might take a little longer than what you had expected because of the job market out there, or even if it might mean that you have to slightly change some of the uh, jobs that you might be going after. Maybe you aren't able to get your ideal job. Maybe you can get a job that's in a different industry or in a different part of the, the city. Maybe you'll have to consider relocation. But energize your job search by giving yourself those positive reinforcements along the way. Cheryl, one more thing on that. Uh, do not listen, once again, to the naysayers, okay? And do not just walk into a interview empty-handed. Walk in with your toolkit. Follow the system. Walk in with an A-plus resume, A-plus references, an A-plus attitude. You look great. You are ready to come in and talk about how you're going to impact the bottom line of the company, and you will get the offer. Well, once again, Ken, those are examples of linkage in action. And so when we talked earlier about the 10 chapters in the total system, they essentially represent 10 steps in a successful process. So each day, as you uh, attempt the next step in the process, you're thinking, what did I do previously, and how does that link to the next step? When we get back, Ken, we're going to cover some more of the common mistakes people make in job uh, search. So be sure to stay tuned. We'll be right back. Folks, if you have any questions, give us a call. News. 
opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Earn a better job for better pay and achieve a better life with Job Search, the total system, now in its third edition and through a host of valuable online resources at www.tcsworldwide.com. Thousands have successfully used these proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. One total system user shared, This is without reservation the best advice on job search available. I used it over my career and each time got a better position for substantially increased pay. Go to www.tcsworldwide.com and advance your career today. While you're on the site, please check out TCS University, which will bring you advanced resources like sample resumes, career assessment, total career success tracks, links to coaching services, and much more. Read Get Off the Treadmill, the total career success blog from Ken and Cheryl Dawson, and check out our online store for products relating to the book and total career success. Visit the website today at www.tcsworldwide.com. Total career success, better job, better pay, better life. And now a weather update. Winds out of the south-southeast at 9 miles an hour. Citizens of America, this is a message from FeedThePig.org. Do not be alarmed. We are here to help you save yourself. According to public records, Americans spent more money than they earned in 2005. This is the first negative savings rate in the U.S. since the Great Depression. America, we must change our behavior. We need to stop spending every dime we earn and start feeding the pig. We must start putting away a piece of our paycheck. On the 1st and the 15th, we must pay ourselves before we pay anyone or anything. We must make a budget. And yes, even consider cutting up a credit card. And we must tell a friend to do the same. America, to start moving in the right direction, we must start a movement. Join us at feedthepig.org. Find the benefits of saving for every stage of life. Log on to feedthepig.org today. And for more traffic updates, brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Self-leadership is more important than corporate leadership. In the hustle and bustle world we live in, we need to be reminded that in all failures and successes, we are the common denominators. Each week, let Daniel Gutierrez help bring you the tools you need to manage self-leadership, resulting in self-success. Make your mark in your industry. Make sure you listen to Right Here, Right Now, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please call toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Ken and Cheryl Dawson here, and we're talking about some of the common mistakes in job search. And we let off the uh, last segment, Ken, with uh, talking about how people um, make the mistake of not integrating their job search and how important, we talked about how important linkage is and gave a lot of examples of that. 
but it might help them to see how this fits into our cycle of success. Uh, when you uh, think positively, work positively, positively reinforce yourself, and link all the steps in the process, it created, creates a, um, uh, a concept that we call psychological leverage. Share with our listeners what that means and why it's so important to their success. Sure, sure. I'll be happy to. Ladies and gentlemen, when you are sitting in front of an interviewer, it is absolutely essential that you have not just your game face on. And for those of you who watched Tiger Woods and watched him yesterday win the tournament, you see him with his game face on. He visualizes every shot. He visualizes every shot either going close to the pan or in the hole. And that's what you need to do in the interview. Psychological leverage is nothing more than having your positive attitude together, using your A-plus resume, your A-plus references, your A-plus interviewing skills, and tying it all together so that the interviewer is literally overwhelmed with the preparation you brought into the interview. Now, be careful not to literally overwhelm the interviewer because you can get them out of kilter, but your goal in the interview is to be so impressive and to score so many points that, and this is the third time I've said it, repetition and reinforcement is critical. You are sitting there and the interviewer is saying, wow, this person is so impressive, I'm going to have to think of a that higher position for more money. And this is just based upon the preparation you bring in to the interviewer. And this is psychological leverage so that you're linking all the process by using your steps in each step that you take to score more and more points. And it's a fascinating process. And when we talk about people who we have trained who have doubled, tripled, or quadrupled the compensation package. Most people can't believe that, and they say, oh, it's not possible. Well, it happens every single day, and we know and we'll teach you how to do it. Well, and it's not just leverage over your um, your interview interviewer when you're in the interview, but remember what Aubrey said in the early segments about how positive reinforcement accelerates behavior. So you're essentially um, positively reinforcing yourself as you integrate the steps of your job search. And it is accelerating your own ability to see results in your, um, of course, through your resume, through the contacts you make, through your networking, through the opportunity to get the interviews and then be successful in the interviews as you're describing. So in many ways, uh, the psychological leverage is an example of positive reinforcement to you know to its nth degree. Absolutely, Cheryl. And, and the key point about next steps is think about this. Once you've succeeded, succeeded with the interviewer, you ask yourself, well, what's going to happen next? Well, what do we know? We know that the interviewer you had who may be an HR interviewer or a lower-level interviewer is not the decision-maker. So your next step is going to be meeting with perhaps a decision-maker, or even more importantly, what we call a beauty parade, and that's a team of interviewers. But when you come into that team of interviewers, you're so prepared, you're so excited, you're so pumped up, you're sitting there saying, give me the toughest questions you possibly can, because the Dawson's trained me in how to do this, and I'm as good or better than anybody else. And it's not braggadocio, it's simply saying, I am here to have better job, better pay, better life, and I deserve it. 
Well, you know, uh, we've talked a lot about uh, interviewing and addressed some of the critical uh, aspects of the resume in linking that to the interview process. Uh, let's talk a little bit about networking because one of the common mistakes uh, in making contacts is failing to develop and build relationships. Uh, many people just think about it as being a numbers game. But really, uh, if you're not building the relationship uh, with the individuals that you're contacting, giving them a reason to help you and support you and give you that next potential contact, uh, you can actually undermine your networking success. Another great example is, uh, you know, the, how hot LinkedIn uh, is in terms of social networking and building your your site and, and inviting people to be part of your network. There's another example. If you're just inviting them but you're not helping them, you're not getting to know them and seeing how you might be able to support their network, it can actually uh, fail to come back to support you when you want to ask their help. Sure, you're absolutely right. And another key point which I'd like our listeners to think about is that People really enjoy talking to exciting people who have information to share. Now think about that. Most people who cold call sit there and say, oh, nobody wants to listen to me, nobody wants to hear me. That is absolutely not true. When you're exciting and dynamic and you have positive information to share, many people you're talking to in companies oftentimes are on the block themselves. They're not sure whether or not they're going to have another job. And they are very, very excited about talking to you because you're out there sharing your skills, abilities, and talents with other people in the marketplace, but you have information to share with them about companies and networking and what's going on. And the other thing is everybody likes to eat and everybody really likes to eat when somebody else pays for it. Take them to lunch. Take them to breakfast. Spend a few dollars and invite them out. And in exchange for that meal, what you're doing is getting vital and critical information that's going to be critical to you and to the person you're eating with. Well, I think you've pointed out another common mistake that people make in networking, Ken, and that is doing too much of it online. Certainly the social networks, uh, the job boards um, are important and can't be overlooked. Uh, But getting face-to-face whenever you can, getting out to those association meetings where you can meet new people, uh, and share contacts with other folks, uh, pressing the flesh, as they like to say, is so important to driving your network, building your network, and it also provides a positive reinforcement because how do we get that but by that human interaction? And, Cheryl, as you said, you and I have been to so many networking sessions over the years, and being nose-to-nose, toes-to-toes is absolutely essential. And we only have a couple minutes here, but let me just kind of wind up some thoughts for our listeners. One, buy the book, read the book, follow it to the letter. You will have better job, better pay, better life. Do everything in there as we say, and we promise you that you will be head and shoulders over the competition. But you must do it. Cheryl, share with our listeners, if you would, how to explore our network, buy our book, and get our materials. Well, one of the best ways is to go to our site, betterjobbetterlife.com, Um, and you can find all of our resources there, the book, the audio, uh, our subscription, a whole host of resources. Well, our time is up for today. We want to thank Aubrey uh, Daniels again for being with us. We're going to have a great show for you next week, so be sure to join us, and we'll see you soon. Thanks, guys. Take care. 
again for joining us this week on Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Remember to join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, right here. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 